0: Alright, so how, long, how
1: long will it be for?
0: However long you want.
1: Just awesome.
0: hang up on us when you're done talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Beno, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter.
0: And hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of your favorite and ours, A.T. Banter. (coughs) I am Rob Minot, and joining me today is Ryan Fleury. Howdy. And look who's here with us again, Steve Barkley. Banter, banter.
2: And uh, yeah, you missed you missed a hell of an episode. I, I did, and I, I've, I've listened to part of it. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but uh, but uh, I, I now know what candy's not to get you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. I went. Well, I went yesterday to Safeway and bought a.
3: Now they're mowing. <laughs> Rob's gonna pound on the window soon. <laughs> <laughs> you old curmudgeon. <laughs> get, hey,
2: off kids, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn.
0: Yeah, no, I went to Safeway yesterday and all uh, their candy was 50% off and I bet, bought a huge bag of caramels. <laughs> nice.
3: Yeah, talking about diabetes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen. Candy doesn't give you diabetes. That's right. It's an autoimmune disorder.
3: All right. Yeah, it's was right. There you go. It's not. I'll well, type one is. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so that was fun. That was good. So, we are kind of back to normal this week. We um, have a special guest with us. You notice we say that for every guest, we always well, say they're, they're, all special. they're all special. Yeah, it's true. One day we're we'll just have a regular guest.
3: I don't know. Is there such a thing? I don't know.
2: Yeah, well, we we we'll pull in somebody and you know somebody who you know Rick.
3: Hey, Rick. <laughs> Rick is our guest. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing special about Rick.
2: <laughs> we have a normal guest. I don't know that that would be fair.
3: No, uh, probably. Because he's pretty special. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, we uh, we're sort of we will be. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so today we're back to normal. No, we're not back to normal.
3: Today, today, today. The regular crowd has shown up again.
2: We're back to our
0: regular format. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to say, but my brain wasn't allowing me to. Yeah, we're going to, we're having...
1: <laughs>
2: Your brain isn't allowing you to do much, is it? it Not really today. Isn't today. He's in a fog in today. a
0: fog. I don't know why. It's I all the caramel chocolate.
2: <laughs> that's probably it. I yeah. fell asleep
0: on the couch watching American Horror Story, and I didn't wake up until 4 a.m.
2: Then he was covered in cat hair, sticking <laughs> to all the caramel on him.
0: I just, yeah, that's, maybe that's what it is. I over ate a bunch of sugar and then fell asleep watching a horror movie. Uh yeah, okay. we have. You know what? Someone else do this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Take it away, Steve. Tell, tell
0: us who we what. Tell us what we're doing today, Steve.
2: I'm gonna wait I waiting waiting for the lawnmower to go away. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's not even mowing the lawn. Like, it looks like he's just
2: running over leaves. Yeah, he's probably picking up the the leaves. He's not doing a very
0: good
2: (laughs) job. Go and show him how it's done.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're not used to us on the podcast. (laughs) Get him, Daisy.
0: (laughs) Easy. Hang
3: on, she's tagging somebody. All right. Well, I want you to pause the recording, Rob. Uh, why are we? This is, this
0: is <laughs> this 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 gold. gold. This is the best. stuff.
3: All right. So now the train went off the rails. Where were we?
2: Hold on. Uh, we were about to talk about our guest. What, what, what we we're we're doing, doing today. today? Right. Yeah. Well, shall I tell you what we're doing today?
0: Please Do tell us tell. what we're doing. Today. Now that we're
2: back to our regular format. <laughs> Today, we have a very special guest, artist, illustrator, and children's book author, Karen Argue is joining us from High River, Alberta. High River. Via Skype.
3: We got six days till Trump's president. Oh, don't even
2: say that. No, no, no. no. There's there's that brief period where Obama's still president before they swear him. That's true. That's That's true.
3: Like, he's seriously ahead in the polls? Although, the Obamas are already packing the White House. They're getting ready to move. Yeah. Yeah. They might be living in a hotel for a little while. <laughs> I
2: don't think that's the way it works.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Where do they go in that interim period?
2: Where right. do they go? They they stay in the White House until the new president's sworn in. Do they?
0: Yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah. It's, I yeah. it's okay. not like the day after where they're just like, okay.
3: Well, they sound the news last night. They're packing, so well, they they're getting a ready lot to of go. Stuff.
2: Yeah, it's not like Canadian politics. Just get out now.
3: <laughs> Although Trump might say, "Get out now." <laughs> okay, you never know.
0: Okay, can you, sir? Can you elaborate on these polls that you were talking about earlier? Did you, did you say that he was
2: really as ahead at this point? There, there's one poll, I believe it's by ABC, that has him ahead by one point.
0: Yeah,
2: sounds. But dicey. that's within the margin of error of the poll, too. anyway. so
3: they're neck and neck. They're pretty, they're
2: pretty close. Yeah. they're that's insanity. They're, they're, they're remarkably
3: close. Mm-hmm.
0: That's probably the most terrifying thing about it. Like that's, that there's just.
3: Nobody's going to know until the voting day, right? You know? Well
2: Hillary, Hillary lost like eight or nine points uh, in some of the polls uh, because of the FBI guy coming out mm-hmm. and saying, oh, we found more email.
3: Yeah. Like good timing.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh.
3: She
0: just must be like, oh, I hate email now.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. No kidding.
0: Uh, I'm just going to text from now on.
2: But there's more to it than that as well, because uh, the, um, the FBI is not supposed to comment um, around election time on candidates. Like even if they're right. investigating stuff, they're supposed to basically shut up and wait, wait and let the election happen. So it, it's really unusual that this guy came out and said anything in the first place.
3: So can this election then, do you think, be overturned, the results be overturned because of stuff that's come out like this? No.
2: No, no I don't think it can. Hmm. I think they just have to live with it. Uh-huh. But it, it kind of looks like this guy is, you know, trying to sabotage the process. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's a registered Republican doesn't bode too well for it. Right. You know, it it just makes the optics bad for it, regardless of what his, his motivation was. Mm-hmm. And then there's also talk that the FBI is also currently investigating Trump for his ties to Russia, and he didn't comment on that. So, you know. Yeah.
0: That's good. Oh, man, it's going to be an interesting week next week.
2: Yeah, it's, this is freaky, you know. Mm-hmm. The the thing that I just keep shaking my head over is he's he's never released his taxes, mm-hmm. which has been like that, that would have disqualified anybody from being president ever before. Right. Like nobody could have gotten away with that. Uh, but he's being allowed to get away with it you know he's clearly got ties to russia which he's lying about but you know hillary emails yeah yeah Uh, right and uh it's she is under such scrutiny and so much innuendo whereas he has proven criminal allegations oh against him right now like he, he he has to go to court for child rape charges mm. in december I, I know you know his his he's being sued for trump university he's got i think i think i said i think it was 75 current lawsuits against him mm. yeah i don't know what it would take at this point but, i think but, but hillary emails so you know
0: People are I think freaking out on her. Footage mm-hmm. of him just kicking puppies yeah. it would just be like. No,
3: but he'd say he never did that. Yeah, that wasn't me. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't yeah. Me. yeah, yeah. That didn't happen. That's right.
0: Yeah. Puppies were asking for
3: it. I was taken out of context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Billy Bush made me do it. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, what are we? The hell are we going to talk about next week once it's all over? I guess we can. We we'll do
2: probably it. have a recap. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, Steve was wrong. Trump was elected. Yeah. Oh,
3: can you imagine? Oh no!
0: I don't know. Next week's podcast maybe uh, doomsday prep. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. We'll give, yeah. give our your yeah. favorite doomsday prep tips. There we go. Stock up on bottled water, people. Perfect batteries. Yeah. Yep. Head for the shelters. I like it. Um all right, well, we are very, very excited to have with us today uh, Karen Argue, who is, lives in High River, Alberta and is a author and an illustrator. Uh, thanks for coming on, right?
1: Thank you for having me.
3: Did we pronounce your last name correctly?
1: Yes, it is just just like you do. So Argu's great.
0: Okay, phew, good. I was just like this. I wonder if it's, if it's like literal or if there's some French. Yeah. It's Arjoude. That's just
1: <the> telemarketer was guys.
3: <laughs> I think I saw that AMI had done something on you, Karen. And it, I saw it yes. on Twitter and we thought, well, let's see if she'll come and talk about herself on our show. So...
1: Hey, no, that sounds great. Well, that's they were very, very gracious when they came. They inter- interviewed the family and myself, and I, it was it was really fun.
0: All right, well, let's uh, take a step back and, and just uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, well, um, I just had a birthday, so I'm a little bit older. It doesn't mean I'm wiser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> illustrator and a graphic designer. That's what I did. Um, I went to school in Medicine Hat for visual communications. Um, kind of ironic, but, um, I, uh, have been doing that for years and years. I had my own sign shop, and, um, in 2010, I had a retinal hemorrhage that took the vision in my, um, left eye, which was my, um, eye that was better. Um, I've had lots of, um, Surgeries and stuff over the years for my vision, um, all due to type 1 diabetes. And um, last year I was very, very fortunate. I received a new kidney, so um, that's all good. Life is really good again. Feeling great to uh, just kind of be back at the drawing board. And um, I'm on the list for the pancreas transplant. So Life has taken me in a direction that I never thought that I'd be in, but it's all been really, really good. So that's just a little bit about me.
3: Well, I'm looking at your bio. What drives you? (laughs) 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 Because I would have given up.
1: (laughs) Well, You've had a lot of health setbacks. Yeah, I have. But you know what? At the same time, I've got a terrific um, support system behind me. My husband and I have three grown children and, um, the other option is to sit back and feel sorry for yourself and that just wasn't wasn't the one wasn't the way I wanted to go, I guess.
2: Right. Um, I'm curious my my son's a type 1 diabetic. Um,
1: okay.
2: the the pancreas transplant uh, is that likely to cure your diabetes or is that would it just be a case where your immune system would attack it again?
1: Um well there The reason that I've been put on the list is because of my type one diabetes, but I have um, severe neuropathy. Um, I was in a wheelchair for three years, um, couldn't walk, um, weighed probably about 78 pounds. Um, And because of all of the past history with poor health, um, um, there's been a lot of things like the vision has happened and the neuropathy in my hands and feet. And they said with the pancreas, what it'll do is it'll stop the progression of the disease which to me just sounds fantastic. Um, I was at my um, ophthalmologist the other day, and he said that he's seen um, type 1 diabetics that have had pancreas transplants regain some of their vision. Um, it's, it's all very hopeful. I have hope for that. But at the same time, um, the reality is I'm, I'm coping where I'm at. But if life can just be a little bit better, so I won't have to take insulin, so the new pancreas will just take over. And if the new pancreas takes over and does what it's supposed to, then your body goes back to normal. Wow. Well, I mean, I say that very loosely because normal for me is just not always that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that cut and dried. But yeah, so it, it don't it's don't want to say it's going to cure it, but at the same time, if it stops the progression and there's no more um, side effects, then I'm all for it, so...
2: Yeah, indeed. Where wouldn't you be?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, how long is the waiting list?
1: Um, well, because I had a, a kidney transplant done in June of this past year, um, I, they kept me on the list for a pancreas because they knew that that was something that I would eventually like to do. A lot of people um, do the procedures together, um, but um, I opted just to go with a, one transplant first. And so it could be a matter of getting a call in three weeks, could be a matter of getting a call in three months or a year. So it's just to, until I find we find a match, right? I
2: see. Yep. got to have the donor.
1: Yeah, exactly. My first with my kidney, it was a, a, a good friend of mine, um, phoned me in October of 2014 and said, I'm going to the city for you today. And, of course, I tell everybody this. I was being kind of a smarty pants. And I said, well, I hope you're going to buy me something nice. (laughs) And she said, actually, I'm going to get tested. And um, from that very first conversation, she said, I have no idea why, but I just really feel like I'm being directed this way. And we're going to be a perfect match. And in June of 2015, at the very beginning of the month, I got a phone call. And they said, we couldn't have got a better match for you. Wow. So That's that crazy. was a pretty amazing experience in itself.
2: No kidding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have much better friends than I do. I can't even get my buddy <laughs> to come over and help me mount my TV properly. <laughs> Let alone give me a kidney. <laughs>
1: well, amen for friends. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: talking to you, Jeff.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sometimes what you give out, you get back, right?
2: Well, there's that. Yeah, just wait until Jeff needs a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's see who's laughing. Now. I
0: have a kink in my permanent kink in my neck from watching Watch TV, TV on an, from angle. An, <laughs> an angle. But I know I, it's,
3: the sad part is it's been like that for a couple of years, and I, he still hasn't changed it. I can't. I don't know how. Anyways, it's a whole different podcast. Maybe. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Well, the lucky thing for me is that I didn't ask. We weren't even at that stage. My husband and I and my kids, we all hadn't even really talked about it because I was doing fine on dialysis. So to have somebody like we were very good friends. Um, We were business associates. I did lots of stuff for her at the shop and um, just kind of out of the blue. So to me, it was a a blessing that like I never even knew was was going to be there. So I'm very, very thankful for my friends. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice. no, no doubt. <laughs> yes. So is that part of the uh, the the sale deal for the sign shop? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> yes, it, it was.
1: I, uh... <laughs> Back in 2010, my daughter and one of the girls that worked for me, um, they took over for the summer. And in September, I had to sell it because there was just no way that I could do all the things that I used to do. So. But yes, yeah, so I haven't had a sign shop for a long time, but it is still around, Gecko Graphics in High River. They're awesome. So that was a plug, right? That's a thing. Absolutely. That was a
2: shameless plug and it was it was well delivered. Did they have a website?
1: Um actually it is um highwoodprinting.com.
2: highwoodprinting.com
1: highwoodprinting.com yeah. Yeah. Gecko graphics is kind of under that umbrella. So, so, so no, Catherine, your, Catherine is very good there.
2: If you, if you need graphics for your gecko, there,
1: there's hey, your place. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, when I went to college, like way back when, like maybe 20 some years ago, that was the name that I always wanted. So when I finally, what happened is I moved to High River with my fam, first on my own. <clears throat> and, um, because I was I ended up in a wheelchair Um, I had crawled around my house in Medicine Hat for about three weeks because I couldn't stand on my legs. And at that time, my oldest was in grade four, and he would pack me around the house. So uh, we moved to High River. Um, I started to get a little bit better with the proper care. And um, my family, we just decided that we needed to be together permanent again. And they moved to High River. We had um, a Rutgers Fun Center in Medicine Hat and were part owners in some Tans and uh, my husband worked for the radio station, and um, we all just decided High River was the place to be. And I've been very lucky because when I was in my wheelchair, I was learning to use my computer again with sticks, because my hands were in braces because they would cripple over so much. Ooh, wow! And um, it just started out of the house, me doing a little bit of graphic design for people, and then bought a little sign shop from Vulcan and kind of it was fun to actually go to school for art and then actually get to make some money doing what you love to do so it was fun but yeah needless to say in 2010 I did have to sell it because I just couldn't function as well as I was before so
2: so it sounds like you do you still have problems with your hands
1: I do. I, um, I'm on a drug called gabapentin, which kind of is, uh, it's for epileptics, and it kind of blocks the pain triggers to the brain. And uh, it's, it's worked fantastic for me for the past 15 years. I uh, was told by my um, uh, Dr. Sakodny, um, who was a neurologist, that he'd never seen a case like mine. And um, couldn't believe, well, he said to me when he first met me that he didn't think that I'd ever walk again and um, we uh, started doing training in the pool, and I would get into the pool for maybe two minutes, and I'd be completely done, and my blood sugars would go right down. But just the resistance of the water on my feet and stuff, um, it really helped, and I ended up walking walking again. Um, but now I still do struggle. Like every once in a while, the pain in my legs is just too much, where you just don't do very much activity, and same thing with my hands. If my hands are sore, I stop. So. No, it's been a process, but it's good because just with the right medications and care and stuff, it's, it's helping.
2: So, so now you're writing children's books and you're, and you're illustrating children's books. Um, how, how long does it take you to do a, a typical, you know, a, a, an illustration on a page? It must, it must, you know, between your visual impairment and, and uh, the uh, problems with your hands, it, it must be yeah. quite a process.
1: Well, it is. I um I've started going around and um, reading the book at the schools for the elementary students, and I bring my equipment with me. And um, this last group that I was at, I uh, took all of my drawings. So there was probably about 24 drawings that went, went into one finished um, page, and um, the kids were quite intrigued with that because. Not only is it just drawing it, it's trying to get the proportions right when you put the whole picture together. And uh, so I told them with my last book, there was probably over 750 hours of drawing. And that was for an 18-page book. Wow. So it's it's a process. Um, it takes, you know, I have to draw it with, I use a, um, a uh, sorry, it's an LCD acrobat. It's a... Uh, A magnifier. So I have that on my desk permanent. And uh, what it does is I can zoom in up to 50 times with it. So I can make the image come to me. But typically, what I'm doing is I'm working in um, an inch of space and I can blow it up to fill up the, the whole screen. So I'm able to put a lot of detail into my work, which is something that I love. And I have lots of really vibrant colors because that's what I see. So
2: that's an excellent choice for a CCTV, by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Shameless plug for Aroga. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the products we carry.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's good. (laughs) It's just totally opened up um, my passion for doing my drawings again. And maybe I don't know how to say it, like just a better appreciation that I can still actually do the things that I loved. This is something that I wanted to do right out of college was be an illustrator Um, I met Robert Munch years ago when he came to our children's school in Medicine Hat. And um, I had given given him my portfolio at that time. And he took it home with him and he sent me a letter and he told me to get off my ass. Um, It was just, it's always been such a passion of mine. And with work and with family, you maybe sometimes don't stop to, to do those things, the things that you love. And I can say that losing my my sight has been a blessing, um, just because it's enabled me to be at home, that I can focus on doing the things that I really want to do.
3: With only, I think you said you have like 20% of vision in your one eye. What other tools do you use to actually like? The, can you distinguish between different shades of colors, such as reds or blues, or?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yep, I um, I'm great with color when. It's right here. I've I've got about six inches, is what I can see um, for distance, like fairly well. Um, Most people don't like me getting in their face. So (laughs) typically when I explain it to people, I say it's like looking through stained glass with my good eye. Because if I'm sitting in a crowd reading to the kids, it's just all a hodgepodge of color. But when everything is brought right to my face, I can see I can see the colors and distinguish them. Right. And shapes. So yeah. Can't see my feet, but I can see my drawing page.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't see my feet either, but it's for a different reason. (laughs)
3: It's that second breakfast every day. That's right. (laughs) Thanks, Tim Hortons.
1: (laughs) Hey Tim Hortons, good plug. So no, it's it's been it's been a quite quite a wild process because I just finished my I published my first book in February, um, and we've sold lots of those books. Lots of different bookstores are um, have got them in their in their businesses, and they seem to be going well. Um, the one thing that I think, I, and I don't want to say it because I'm not using disability as a as a benefit. But I think people are very intrigued when they hear that I am a legally blind illustrator. Absolutely. And um, the one thing that I, I get from a lot of the teachers and from parents is just that they're just so amazed that somebody hasn't, like, that I haven't given up. And um, when you love something as much as I do, like when it comes to drawing and being artsy, um, it's, it's really an amazing um, ride, go, getting to go to the CNIB and getting to get um, the equipment that I have because it totally opened up doors for me that I thought were closed. So, yeah.
3: So do you do any of your drawing on your computer or is it all on tabletop? It's all hand. Yeah. It's
1: all hand drawing. Yeah, so that's that's kind of, um, I'd, I'd like that to sort of be a signature. I know a lot of fabulous fantastic artists that um, do a lot of stuff online on the computer. Um, but I, I guess maybe I'm just too old school. I, I love the the way that the pencil crayon makes the image pop. So that's that's just the medium I choose to do. Right. So, yeah, I like the hands-on stuff.
0: And now, so children's books, now, was that something that you were always interested in, in doing or was that something that recently you decided that you wanted to do
1: no you know what it's always been children's books when my kids were little i always wanted to do it and you know you have great intentions but when you're raising your kids there's not a whole lot of sit down and draw time um but um i I think maybe it might have something to do with my mentality but like (laughs) i love being a kid at heart and i love making images that pop and that are imaginative and they're um I don't know. Like they're they're just very very different, and they're they're fun. And so for me, it was just kind of a no brainer. Like that's that's just the the group that I find are the most fun to engage with. They're not inhibited. They they ask any kind of question that they want, um, and I love that because we don't we don't learn anything if you're not going to sit there and ask any questions. And I actually let the kids use the um, equipment when I reach them and it's kind of fun because there's been lots of kids that I think as an adult like we we've got to shape these little guys and one little fella he's got a a degenerative disease in his eyes that could cause him to become blind before he's eight and uh, that was an amazing experience for me because me telling my story he told me and he's in grade two I think That it gives him hope. So, it's pretty pretty amazing when you can touch the little ones, because I learned far more from them than than I could ever say anything to them. Do you know what I mean?
0: And now, what was so we should we should pause and just say that the name of the book that you've written is called The Smooch. It is. And what was the inspiration behind that particular story?
1: Um. Well. The whole thing is, is over the past few years, um, I have, well, past six years, I've really had to rely on my friends and, um, it was just a little way for me to, um, subconsciously thank my friends for everything that they've done. Um, in the smooch, it's a little story about a frog who, um, he's got friends, but nobody that he really, I guess you could say clicks with. And, um... Unbeknownst to him, the, his friends do far more for him than he realizes. And um, they see that he's down in the dumps, and they want to do something to, to help him out. And um, along comes this cute little fairy named Selina um, out of the, the woods. And she's the same color as Tad, who is the main character. He's a little frog. And um, he just, as soon as he sees her, he just kind of lights up. And then it becomes, what are my friends, like, how are the friends going to help them get up to see her? Because she's quite a out-of-proportion fairy. She's quite large. Uh, she's got huge feet, but she's got these beautiful green scales just like Tad. And for me, that's exactly what's happened to me. You know, you, you feel, you have those days where you feel down. And um, out of the blue, you have a friend that just pops in or, you, you know, you get a phone call or you get a text. And... If I didn't have that support system um, through this whole process of being sick, um, like I don't know where I would be. So it was a little way for me to just um, let them know that I'm very grateful for my friends. Because in the end, Tad gets what he wants, he finds a friend, and the other friends have done everything that they can to help him get that. So it's, it's just a cute little story, but with very, very vivid pictures. And I called it the smooch because um, when my kids were little, that's something that I would always ask them to come and give mama ki- uh, Instead of a kiss, it was come give mama a smooch. <laughs> and um, my dad actually did that to me too. So it's, I don't yeah, just, I guess, paying homage to a, a little tradition that we've had in our house. Nice. So
0: yeah. Tell us a little bit about the process that you went through from, from conception to the actual day of the publishing.
1: Okay. Well, um, I'm embarrassed to say it but it was an idea that I've had for quite a while I back in 2013 or 2012 I uh, went and I took um, uh, a course at ACAD here the um, Alberta School of Art and Design um, in Calgary and it was on um, how to publish a children's book and Lori Lukasovic she was the instructor at ACAD and Um, she walked us through the process. She's done, I can't remember, 14 books maybe, and showed us how she did her storyboards. And then when we were done doing our drawings, um, how to promote yourself, getting in contact with the right people. And so that was something that was instrumental for me. So I did start the process of this book in 2012. But then um, we don't like to say it here in High River, but um, The F word happened. We had a huge flood that affected the whole town and um, everything kind of got put on hold. But for some strange reason, all of my drawings were left upstairs, Mm -hmm. which I am so thankful for because, um, yeah, I I can't imagine losing all of that work. But um, so in 2013, we had the flood here. We got back into our home and started renovating, and all that stuff kind of got put on hold because there was too many just life things going on. Right. And um, then in December of 2013, I ended up um, getting H1N1, and um, my kidney function um, started to really, really go down. And uh, then in June of 2013, 14, I started dialysis and in that time I was kind of doing little bits and pieces but I really honestly didn't even have the energy right. my husband built me a, a beautiful art studio in my basement after the flood which yes I am thankful for it um, and the thought of walking down the stairs was was kind of scary because I knew at some point I'd have to go back upstairs that's how low I felt right. And um, so after I had my transplant um, in November of last year, I just said, you know, I have nothing to lose. I am just going to go for it. So I did a Kickstarter that started in November, November 11th, and it was just to help me get money so that I could get my book published. And um, by December 11th, we had raised um, over $15,000. And so I did get my Kickstarter money, and um, in December, um, I spoke to the printer, and so I self-published this book, just under my designs, and um, in January, it got printed, we picked up the books, we got 2,500 books the end of January, and by February, I had a team of friends that were sending stuff off for Kickstarter, and then it just started to, it kind of imploded, and there was just people ordering books off my website, which is karenargue.com, by the way. And that's K-A-R-O-N-A-R-G-U-E.com. And um, it was just a, a very amazing experience because, you know, I just put my mind to it that this was going to get done, and it happened. And the day that I picked up the books, was with I was with my mom, and uh, I don't think I stopped like screaming until the end of Deerfoot, which is in Calgary, but, uh, oh, just cause it's so exciting to actually have had an idea and then finally have it in print and in your hand so that you can share it with the world. I can imagine. So yeah, it was, it was really amazing. So December until like February of this year. Um, yeah. So it took a long time, but you know what? I, I, i think it it turned out really well for my first for my first book so i'm excited about it
0: well and the first one is probably the biggest learning curve
1: oh for sure yeah yeah
0: which brings me to my next question do you have plans for another one
1: well actually if we had video on you could see it i'm working on um i've got two books in play right now i was born in scotland and um, my mom and dad emigrated here when i was just a baby And so I love anything to do with Scotland, castles, you name it, I'm into it. Love fairies, love making up little characters. So I've done a story about me going home to Scotland for the summer when I was 12 years old. And it's about all of these just crazy little creatures that I meet close to the castle where my grandma lived and it's called rate castle. So it's a book that is for elementary age student, um, kids, but there's more of a storyline to it than, um, the rhyming that I had in the smooch. Right. So I'm hoping to get that one done fairly soon. And we're going to go with a, a, a a BC publisher actually for this book. And then, um, the one I'm working on today is for a little girl who has down syndrome and this little girl is just an amazing little creature, and I just love her. And she just turned 18. Um, her name is Sydney, and I think we're just, her and her mom are at the stage where they just want to tell the stories of how they've coped with everything over the years. So, yeah, it's pretty fun when you when you have an idea, but it's also fun to bring somebody else's ideas to life, too. So that's what I'm doing today.
0: Cool. Excellent. Excellent. And do yeah. you, now, do you, now, so these days, does that pretty much keep you busy full time? Do you do any sort of other illustrations, arts or
1: shows? I do. Yeah, I, I, I love to paint. Painting is kind of me always stepping out of my comfort zone because I love pencil crayon. That's all I use is Prismacolor and ink. But I think it's good as an artist to try different things. And so I do try different things and I had an art show once and people actually bought it. So it was worth the effort. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but mostly it's taken up with just sitting at my, at my desk drawing. So most of the kids, I asked the kids in Turner Valley that one of the little guys asked me what I did for a living. And I said that I sat in my basement and I drew, uh, drew pictures and colored and he said, "Oh, that's what I wanted." <laughs> so, <laughs> who who wouldn't want that job, right? Absolutely,
2: <laughs> that does sound pretty good.
1: And I have a coffee bar downstairs, so you know there might be some Tim Hort- Tim Hortons uh, K cups, but yeah. So
0: just... A <laughs> <laughs> very important part of it.
1: It is. It is. It's a caffeine that keeps you going. <laughs>
0: um, you mentioned the you you your acrobat LCD. Do you have, Do you use any sort of other? Um, assistive technology just in day-to-day usage
1: um day-to-day stuff like um really I have magnifier um that I take with me and I do have um a really strong lens in my right eye so um just with my glasses but the other thing that I do use is um after that I was um in uh, Roots magazine um they had done an interview on me and the lady that had Pat Freen was the person who came to do the interview. Right. And she saw what I was doing when I was painting and, you know, just getting my face right into the to the canvas. And she said, I think I have something that you could use. And she actually had got it at a at an auction. And it's an old dentist's um, magnifier. You know how they used to pull down the arm when you go to the dentist? Maybe you guys aren't old enough to remember those kind of things.
3: I am, (laughs) but I do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that that in itself is kind of neat because it's just it brings the image to you, and you don't have to have to go in so close. So that's been really really helpful. And um, so really, that's about it. I do have little aids in the house, you know, like the knobs on my microwave and a few things like that. But typically I dress like an artist, so anything goes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you mentioned the C- CNIB. Did the CNIB supply with the, the acrobat?
1: Or
2: That would have been through the STEP program?
1: Yes, yeah. yes. And so there was kind of a, a fee that I paid, but then that's what wonderful donors of the CNIB are all about. Um, they came and did an assessment and, you know, basically asked me, what is it that you like to do? What do you want us to do? And I had gone a full year. So I went from 2010 to 2011 thinking that my vision was going to come back. So I didn't have any aids. And what kind of finally did it for me and why I got to the CNIB was um, I was walking downtown, um, going to the bank from our office, and I would keep my hand out to the side so I knew where the buildings would end in that. And somebody walked past very disgusted that I was drinking this early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I finally kind of realized at that point, okay, I can't abide by that because I wasn't. And it's just, I, I didn't like the the perception that people had was that I was drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning when right. actually what it was, I couldn't even see her walking past. Right. So um, the CNIB got involved, they did all the assessments. Knew that I love to draw, and so that's how I ended up with my acrobat. And um, yeah, it's been—I don't want to say a lifesaver, but it's just definitely changed my life. So I'm very thankful for the for the people at CNIB. So
2: excellent. Yeah, they do good work.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, they absolutely do. And it's kind of funny because there's a lot of people that um, I spoke to at an art gallery a little while ago to a group of artists that were all. Okay, so I'm 44 years old, and there was a lot of people older than me, and they were just amazed that there was tools out there, because, you know, the more you age, uh, vision is typically one of the things that starts to get worse, and some of the artists were just like, you know what, like, can anybody go there? And I'm like, well, if you have visual impairment, I, I don't see why they couldn't. So, it's just kind of interesting because I think sometimes we don't like to admit when things are just not quite right, mm-hmm. but to know that there's somebody out there that can help that, it's it's always good.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what we find. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of the tools that are out there are things that generally people don't really think about until the day that they really need them.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So,
0: we find that as well. I mean, we find that people are actually like genuinely surprised that these things actually exist
1: at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and you know, it's the little things. The other day I went to the CNIB, I got a new cane, I would kind of worn mine out and I bought a watch and I pushed the button and it tells me what time it is. So <laughs> it's it's pretty exciting, the little things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Through, through your website, uh, which is once again karenargue.com, K-A-R-O-N-A-R-G-U-E dot com um do you do you sell anything besides your your children's book on there
1: um i do i have lots of just illustrations um i sell prints and i have canvases on there that i've painted and i sell those as well typically those are just um prints because i think i had an art show and we had about 350 people came to it and we sold everything so most of that stuff is just prints and Um, I haven't got everything that I've been working on up. I've got a girlfriend who's very good at doing the website. So she's coming this week to update everything for me. Um, So yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff on there that you can look through. And I've tried to do as many different styles of drawing that I do just so people can see that I can be quite versatile in the things that I do. I like doing realism, but then I like doing very abstract things. But typically it's the... Pencil crayon stuff that I like, that I sell the most.
3: Have you thought about doing tactile art?
1: Um, well, you know what? I actually have a friend who lives in um, Cranbrook. And she had seen my um, illustrations that I was working on when I was at a, a retreat. And she asked me if I would do some uh, drawings for her. And actually, she's just gotten her first pattern, a quilting pattern with uh, Tad the Frog on there, um, uh, just laying on some lily pads with uh, um, bugs all around, so it's really, really cool, because she's an artist, she is a fabric dyer, so she dyes all of her fabrics, so the background is really this funky water, and, and it's uh, greens and blues, so It's kind of interesting you say that because it's weird when, you know, you start something and it can go so many different directions. And so here I'm helping her with quilt designs and I've never done that in my life, (laughs) but I mean, it's fun just because everybody, like when you're, when, well, I'm just saying for my stuff, it's very bright um, and vibrant. And that was something that drew her to the drawings Mm. in the first place. And so she's managed to make a quilt that's really full of lots of fun stuff and that will go up on the website right away too because she is selling it out of cranbrook
0: and now do you do a lot of traveling i noticed that on on the website it mentioned you like you do a lot of readings and things at different bookstores and schools do you still are you still actively doing that
1: i am i am and um something that i never thought that i would be doing yes i do love to talk but it's been quite a learning experience just sharing my experience with kids and um, like I said, I always thought that they'd be the tough crowd, but they're the crowd that they're just, they're not, not afraid to ask the weird questions, which I love. And um, they've been very, very receptive to it because it's something that, you know, is very different. And you walk in with a cane and they're like, yeah, what is this lady doing? And then you show them what you've been working on. And I think it kind of just shows the kids that, you know, anything is possible, even with a disability.
2: And you know, just for those kids to have that experience and gain an early understanding that you know, visually impaired doesn't always mean blind. That's a yes. that's a good thing for them to learn because a lot of a lot of people still operate under the assumption that uh, that well, a lack of understanding of what low vision is. Right.
1: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, no, it's been really fun, and, and it's typically when I start talking to the kids, I'm like, are there, is there anybody in the room that's wearing glasses? Because, of course, I can't see them, um, and there's usually a show of hands, and I and I always tell those kids, you guys are superstars, you got superpowers. <laughs> and, um, you know what, it, when you engage the kids and you can talk to them directly because those are the kids that, you know, maybe they just wear glasses for the rest of their lives. That's, that's great. But there's also been kids in the room that I met a little guy who wears an insulin pump and he has got very, very poor vision. And he was just completely like basically at my feet the whole time. And I think it was just because he gets where I'm at. Right. right? And it's it's very, very important that that we all kind of share our our stories because there's, it's always going to speak to someone. You know, this little guy, he just said to me, he goes, I love to draw too, and I hope I get to draw for a long time. And, like, that's why I say the things that I've taken away from some of the, the readings that I've done, like, are far more valuable to me, I think, than anything that I could have said to those kids. But it's just about persevering and and not giving up on your dreams. And I know that sounds very cliche, but I think sometimes we forget that. And even for kids, they, you know, if they can't do something, they, they get down or whatever. But you know what? Like, just try it, and you never know where it's going to go. And that's my experience. So.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for being with us. Excellent. And, uh, we wish so we wish you, you the best day. of luck with it with the new
2: books. Yeah. Also, the best of luck with the new pancreas. Yes.
1: And, uh, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And thanks for having me on.
2: You right, bet. Thank okay. you.
1: Okay. Bye bye. Take
2: care. Bye
0: bye. So Ryan, Rob, uh, where can people
3: find us? People can find us online at www.atbanter.com.
0: And they can also reach us by email at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com.
2: Good job. Thank
0: Nicely you. You. done. First take, folks. First mm-hmm. take.
2: Yeah, awesome. And uh, let's see, we've also got uh, we've got ourselves the Facebooks, we've got ourselves the Twitters. Uh, where's oh Where's God. Google Plusing? I went to the P&E
0: over the summer, and I ate a bunch of cotton candy. And oh my God, did I get the Twitters <laughs> <laughs> for like two days? It was terrible.
3: Would that be tweets, plural? Oh yeah, <laughs> twicker tweet, twicker tweet.
0: Uh, yeah, they can find us on Google+, YouTube, the Facebook, Tweety, Tweety. <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
2: no Pinterest yet.
0: Nope. No, we or don't Instagram. I don't even understand Pinterest, yeah, so, either, so forget it. Yeah, And you can also visit us and Aroga Technologies at www.aroga.com.
2: A-R-O-G-A.com.
3: Check out the clearance
2: section. Oh, yeah. Good clearance section. Yep. Lots of stuff in clearance right now. Yep. A lot of good pricing. Yep. And we offer financing as well on anything over $500. You are correct, sir. I am correct. I know.
0: Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Oh, wait a minute. Ryan, what are we doing next
3: week? Next week, we do have a very special guest. They're all special, but this one's very special. Ooh. Yes. We have internet sensation Oscar and Close joining us. <gasps>
0: I'm so excited about this. I know this. you are. This really? was this
3: was your call.
0: I know. This is my
3: totally my idea. Yep.
0: Oscar is a blind
3: cat. Who's been on the Today Show, the Ellen DeGeneres Show, and many others.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: So we're gonna to talk to Oscar and Klaus's owner,
2: Mick, I believe. Oh, that's that's good because I was <laughs> gonna say it's gonna be really hard to interview a cat. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Not>
3: really. <laughs>
2: Do you use any assistive technology, Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, th- thanks, Oscar. That was illuminating. <laughs> I'll bring one of Jenny's little little jingle balls. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Oscar, laser. That's right. <laughs> we Can't see. It's very
0: incense. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. oh that's yeah. right. I missed that. Point, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Bang. laughs>
2: yeah. AT fail right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. We will see you guys next week. Ciao.
2: Per con Dios.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by Aroga Technologies. Visit Aroga Technologies online at www.aroga.com. That's A-R-O-G-A dot com. Music provided by bensound.com.